it's not about selling houses. Um, and I think that's where so many agents falter is that they think it's about selling houses and it's not. Um, it's about the community and marketing um, in a way that benefits the community. And I don't, um, I don't talk about my numbers. I don't post uh, anything when I've reached my first million. My two, I, I just don't do that. Um, I, I don't, I don't like to see that from other agents. Um, and I think I focus more on the people. It's more of a, um, of a relational journey for me than it is about selling houses. This is the Platform Marketing Show, where we interview the most creative and ambitious real estate agents in the country, dissect their local marketing strategy, and get the behind-the-scenes scoop on how they're generating listing leads and warm referrals. We'll dive into the specifics of what marketing campaigns are working for them, how much they're spending on those campaigns, and figure out how they have perfected what we call the Platform Marketing Strategy. This is your host, Tim Shermack. I'm the founder and CEO of Platform. I love marketing and I talk too much. So let's dive in. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Platform Marketing Show. I'm here today with Beth Ann Lynn. Uh, she's a realtor in central Georgia, and she has a she has a pretty cool story to share about her experience implementing this, this uh, platform marketing strategy that you constantly uh, hear us talk about. So, uh, Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. So glad to be here. So, Beth, how long had you been licensed as a real estate agent before you discovered this platform marketing strategy? My story's a little different. So I was originally licensed in 2004 um, in South Carolina. And so I rode through the crash um, I stuck around until about 2010. Then we moved away. Um, I did not get my license uh, when we moved. And then uh, when we landed back here in Georgia in 2016, um, I decided I wanted to pursue that. And so in 2019, I got my license in Georgia. So so it was it was almost 10 years went by that you weren't an active realtor. Right. I had my, okay. um, my major was in business um, and I had previously managed um, private practices, hospitals, things like that. So I was back in that uh, arena in that, in that spread of time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so crazy thinking about, um, you know, when the last like financial crisis mortgage meltdown was right. Because <laughs> it's now. I mean, what was that, 2007, 2008? So it's now like 15 years ago, mm -hmm. right? Like, and there are many, many real estate agents that have not been in the game for 15 years, right? So yeah. almost, almost, almost one way of putting it is like, if you have anything less than 15 years of experience, you've never known anything but a crazy bull market where home prices mm -hmm. are just appreciating and things are going really well. And for the most part, it's smooth. And yeah, maybe there were some times, you know, in the last 15 years where it was a little bit more of a seller's market or more of a buyer's market. But overall, things have been really good for your entire career, unless you've been an agent for more than 15 years. And there, I mean, that's probably what most agents now haven't been doing it for, for 15 years. So I, like, I always find it fascinating when I get to, you know, chat with an agent who was in the game before, you know, the mortgage meltdown financial crisis of, you know, 07 and 08, because you just have an entirely different perspective, right, on 
on the real estate market, on these economic cycles. You know, it's not it's not like the market has been going up every year of your career. Right. So you 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 started in South Carolina. You moved Mm -hmm. to Georgia. What what specific city in Georgia are you in? Um, I am in Houston County, Bibb County. It's middle Georgia, Macon, Warner Robins area. Okay, cool. So for people who aren't familiar with Georgia, it's kind of right in the middle, right in the middle of uh, Georgia. And what is what is like the general population there? Like in your market? <laughs> is it a couple couple about hundred thousand people? About 160,000. Okay, cool. So it's not like a tiny small town, but it's also not like millions of people like Atlanta. Right, right. So, I, I have to hustle. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, you, you basically took 10 years off from being a realtor. I should say you didn't like take 10 years off of your career, but you weren't an active agent selling homes for about 10 years. You got back into the game in 2019. Mm-hmm. What, what inspired you to do that? And how did you discover this, this platform strategy? Um, I'd always loved selling real estate and I was in, um, a high pressure corporate job um, as an HR manager for a, an international company. And it was very, very stressful. Uh, and I just said to my husband one day, I was like, I just, I cannot see myself continuing on in this manner for very much longer. The stress was just horrendous. Um, and so I decided to go back to what I loved. I always loved real estate. I always um, had an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, Back in the day, I was a hairdresser and had my own salon. So I've kind of always oh, okay. had that okay. drive. Um, and so I did it. I just jumped in. I mean, I quit my job <laughs> and jumped into real estate and, you know, just prayed for the prayed for the best. <laughs> and I think I did that. That was in uh, 2019, about May of 2019. Um, and then about May of 2020, Um, I don't know if you reached out to me or if I saw something on Facebook, um, but I contacted you and we had a lengthy conversation. Um, you sent me your book and I read that we had a couple of other conversations, uh, and then I decided just to, just to take the plunge. I knew from being a realtor previously that I needed to do something different. Um, and I wasn't looking for, Zillow leads or anything like that. I needed to do something unique. And I recognized that in platform when I had that conversation with you. So I took so that was in that was in May of 2020. So that was after COVID really started. Yeah, I signed up with you guys at the very end of June of 2020. Okay. Might as well, okay. Say, so, might as well say July. It was like the last day of June or something like that. Okay. So like COVID was basically in full swing and the world was going crazy. And you're like, Hey, let's start this entirely new marketing program. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know where my head was, but I'm glad I did it. (laughs) That's actually, it's, it's actually really interesting, right? Cause so many agents back in like, you know, the ground zero moments of 2020 when no one really knew what was going to happen with the economy or I mean, society, as a whole, right? Like things were nuts for most of, for most of 2020. Cause I think it, it all started in March, if I remember right, March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so you made that plunge. You decided to start this, this, uh, this platform strategy, right? How did things go that first year? Like the, I mean, cause you, you basically had about six months implementing platform in 2020. What happened to your business in 2020? Um, 2020 was a really good year for me. Um, 
I want to back up. So in 2019, sure. I did about 45,000 uh, GCI that six months that I was operating in 2019. Um, okay. 2020. And did you uh, di uh, did you feel, Beth, that you had like a strong sphere there in like the Warner Robins area? Or were you kind of feeling like, even though I've lived here now for 10 years, that I don't know a ton of people, I'm starting from scratch? Like, what did it feel like starting in a new town? Because you had sold real estate in South Carolina for a long mm -hmm. time, but you were still at least relatively new to Georgia. It's not that you had lived there your entire life. So what was that like starting starting back up as a realtor in a place that you hadn't you know, been a real estate agent before? Yeah, actually, it's a funny story. So my husband and I, he's Air Force or was Air Force, and we were PCS to Georgia in 2016. So I got here in 2016, didn't know a soul, um, okay. started selling in 2019. And really, I mean, we had, um, you know, handfuls of close friends, but I really didn't have a sphere at all to speak of. Um, but I am, I like to talk to people. So I just everywhere I go, I make sure everybody knows that I'm a real estate agent um, and I have conversations with people and I think that helped me, but I didn't know a soul. So it was, it was, it was like starting from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, so when you got going in 2019 and probably even into 2020, it, it, it wasn't like if you started creating advertisements and marketing campaigns and whatnot, that it was somehow like supplementing the fact that you had sphere and referral business coming in. It's like that those marketing campaigns and strategy had to basically drive the entire growth of the business because you couldn't rely on a bunch of referrals from friends and family and, and sphere. Yes, absolutely. So okay. 2020 well, that's, that's always interesting to me. Just, just to point that out because this kind of forms a, you know, it's close to a split test, I guess, as we'll ever get in in the marketing world to like seeing the impact that marketing can make in an agent's career because so often you know we talk about fuzzy roi a platform right and it's it's hard to distinguish between you know what is my sphere business or referrals versus what is the impact that these ads and these marketing campaigns are making because often it's the marketing campaigns that end up helping you get more referrals right but then it's hard to attribute well is it 80% because of the marketing and 20% because I've done a good job, you know, staying in touch with my sphere or is it 80% because of my sphere and the marketing is only driving 20% of it, you know, figuring out what that attribution looks like is, is kind of difficult, right? So it's always interesting to me to hear a story like yours where you'll just admit that, Hey, I didn't really have any sphere or referrals to fall back on. There wasn't like this strong foundation of people I knew. So if my business has grown, Right. Like you can actually say it's because of the marketing I've done. So what happened then in 2020? Um, and absolutely, that's exactly what I can say is that it was 100 percent the marketing. Um, 2020 was a pretty good year for me. Um, I had uh, about 100,000 GCI for the year. Um, and okay. which you know, for me, that was great because I was making six figures in my, um, you know, in my job. corporate job. And yep. so I had replaced that pretty quickly and we were just cruising along. <laughs> and that's like, that's, you know, that's impressive in the middle of like this pandemic lockdown year of 2020 to do a hundred K, you know, cause we have, we have a lot of agents. I, I feel like in the last couple of years, even in the platform, 
that have gotten frustrated because their business hasn't grown as much as they expected it to in the last year. Like it's still grown, but like they're, it's like, oh, I thought I was going to add whatever, 200,000 to my GCI and all, I only added 60 or, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, if you're still growing or even sort of maintaining your business in the middle of like a global pandemic where the world just decided to go crazy for two years, right? That's kind of a win, right? So like that's that's pretty impressive in and of itself. So in 2020, you went from, you said, making what, like 45,000 in GCI in 2019 to you did over 100K in 2020. What were some of the things you did differently in 2020 that you maybe weren't doing in 2019? Well, it would definitely be all the marketing. So all of the videos, I mean, I did everything my um, marketing manager asked me to do, um, my account manager asked me to do. And it was just a lot of, uh, a lot of videos, you know, a lot of, um, I guess you would call them lead generation ads where you do the, the, the home searches, a lot of those, and then just following up with my platform. Sure. So where are things, Beth, now? Let's just fast forward real quick and we'll come back to this. But where are things now in 2022? So you've now been doing this for nearly two years. What what was your GCI in 2021? And then what do you think you're on pace to hopefully do in 2022? Okay. Um, my GCI for 2021 was about 220. Okay. Well, that's Awesome. So you basically <laughs> doubled your business from 2021 or from, uh, from uh, 2020 to 2021, yes. you doubled your business. That's fantastic. Yes. yes. And so my anticipation for 2022, um, is that I'm going to double as well. So at the end of January, I have, um, I think four or five closings left for January and I'll be at 2.2 million in January. Wow. Yeah. So people can't see my my eyes right now because this is obviously just an audio <laughs> podcast, but my my eyebrows just went way up when you're like, well, I think I'm probably going to double my business again. <laughs> it's awesome. I can't, I mean, I just, I am blown away. I'm just, uh, I'm blessed. I just can't even, I just can't even express to you how grateful I am for you guys. So, so just to put that into perspective. Mm-hmm you will have closed more business in January of this year than you did in all of 2019. Yes. Like you will have more GCI in January of this year than in all of 2019. And that's especially noteworthy because those two years is a complete like apples to oranges comparison. Because one thing that was not happening in 2019 was the COVID pandemic, right? Like that was like, those were the before times, right? Mm-hmm. When the world was still somewhat normal and the housing market was, you know, it was in a, a seller's market, certainly, but it wasn't like a crazy generationally once in a lifetime low inventory market like we're in right now, right? Like right. it's it's possible that, I mean, how old am I? I am 30 years old. It's possible that you know, for the rest of my life, if I have like 50 or 60 years left, that we will actually never see a market with as low of inventory as we are right now. Like it truly is like a once in a lifetime, crazy low inventory 
um, perfect storm that we're in because of these, you know, multiple factors converging all at the same time of obviously the uh, um, the 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 uh, supply chain shutdowns because of the whole economy shut down for almost a year. So there wasn't timber coming down from Canada to build houses and they weren't manufacturing enough shingles and all the building materials that go into houses. So they weren't building enough. And you put that on top of the fact that interest rates are super, super low. You know, they've been held at functionally zero for a while now. So when obviously interest rates are lower, buyers have way more purchasing power. So that bids up the price of houses, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, on top of all that, you have, it's been, you know, 10 years where overall in the American economy, they weren't building enough houses. They were just underbuilding basically ever since the Great Recession in, in 07, 08. Um, new home builders just straight up weren't building enough homes to meet demand. And so all of that kind of converged on this perfect storm in the last couple of years where COVID was kind of the, you know, pin that, you know, popped the balloon, where now you have this just, you know, I mean, ridiculous seller's market where almost every almost every, uh, you know, city that platform works with a realtor. And like they tell me, like, there's more realtors here than active listings. You know, it's just crazy. Homes get 10, 20 offers and they're going 100K over ask, you know, with no mm-hmm. contingencies, no, no inspection. I mean, leasebacks are going on. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Right. So I could talk about that for the next 45 minutes, but I won't. Right. Uh, I just want to make that clear that in case someone's listening to this podcast episode years from now, right, that they that they remember that if you grew your business that much in the middle of this like crazy lockdown pandemic COVID thing that we're still dealing with now in January of 2022, when this podcast was recorded, if you grew your business that much um, and you've closed what you said, two, two million in January of this year, yes. Yes. that's even all the more impressive that you were able to do that when you look at your, what your numbers were in 2019, because 2019 was before any of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I guess the overall point I'm getting to in this epic rant is <laughs> uh <laughs> Imagine how much, Beth, that your business is going to grow when the economy kind of settles back to something resembling normalcy, Mm -hmm. like when things eventually get back to somewhat normal, right? Even if we're in a seller's market, I'm not saying it'll be perfectly balanced or a buyer's market or something, but even if we get back to something that's just resembling a normal market, it can still be a seller's market, just not this crazy once in a lifetime low inventory market, you know, imagine how much your business is going to grow with all these buyers you have, if you can actually find them houses, I know. <laughs> right? I know. Like, cause I mean, if, 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 if you're crushing it to the extent that you are, and we're in this ridiculous market where so many buyers, you just can't find them a house, right? Like, let's just be honest. Like they might be totally qualified, have 750 credit scores, have 20% down. It's just the perfect buyer to work with you know, in any situation, but it's like, the reality is like, cool, we can't find you a house unless you're willing to overpay 50 grand or a hundred grand, um, to, uh, to, uh, get it. So like, if you're doing that well, man, that makes me super excited for you for the coming years, because you're going to do even better when the market's a little bit more balanced. So what did things look like 
in 2020 going into 2021, when you look at what's driven that success, because you basically went from making, you know, less than $50,000 in 2019 to over a hundred K in 2020 to over 200 K in 2021. So that, I mean, the growth curve is, is, is undeniable, right? Mm -hmm. What, what were some of the most successful videos or photo retargeting ads that you ran, you know, let's dive into some of the, some of the specifics here. Like, are there a couple ads that, you know, like really did well, like, Hey, this particular ad, um, got a lot of people talking about me or a lot of people mentioned to me in real life that they saw this ad. So, I, so I, you know, so I know that that one worked. Um, are there, are there, are there any videos or ads that you, that you've done Beth, that, that really stick out to you in hindsight? Yes, there are. And I think, um, the, the first one would be, I think in August of 2020, um, McCall gave me the idea of, I have a pool um, and I was needing uh, houses that had pools. And so I did the jump in, in my pool. And I actually got my first listing from that video. So I got a text from some random person that said, I have a house with a pool. And so I texted them back and um, they wanted me to come talk to them. They had another realtor, but they saw my ad and they felt like they wanted to work with me. So that was my first listing. And that was August of 2020. And I joined, you know, late June. So one month in, I got my first listing. And that basically came because they saw one of your uh, platform marketing campaigns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they saw me jumping in a pool. Mm hmm. So the the uh, the uh, video just to kind of explain this and give a little bit more context for people that you know aren't familiar with this with this strategy because this is something we have a lot of platform agents do right in the in the summer when you can jump into a pool yeah is if you have a listing with a pool you know we often encourage agents to like film a video where they jump into the pool and they're wearing like their normal clothes you're not necessarily wearing a swimsuit right because if, if a guy is wearing a suit or whatever and you jump into a pool, it's just totally unexpected. Like you're not expecting a person when you're watching a video on Insta or on Facebook, if they're walking around the pool to all of a sudden jump in if they're wearing normal street clothes. Right. And so it kind of grabs people's attention and it just makes it memorable. Right. Because that's yeah. that's that's really the goal of marketing for realtors. You know, if you're running local ads is you don't need to convert every single person to work with you because at any given time, you know, in any, in any community in the United States, typically only about 2% of people are actively in the market to buy or sell a house. Right. So it's not as yeah. if you have to have this incredible following where everyone in the community knows what you are. We just need to make sure that the marketing is interesting enough that the 2% of people at any given time who are thinking about buying or selling a house remember who you are and they think that you're that you're cool and that you know what you're doing that you're competent obviously at being a realtor so having having something like a pool listing you know where you jump in the pool is just a really great shortcut to accomplish all that because it grabs people's attention and and makes you memorable so you just filmed a quick video where you're saying hey I'm looking for homes with pools and you jumped in I mean is that pretty much what it was like yeah that, that's pretty that much simple? what happened <laughs> So I think it this, was a 20 or 30 second video. I mean, it wasn't very long at all. I um, mean, I was in my clothes and I just jumped right in and um, yeah, and I got a listing out of it. So, and I still have people mentioning that when they see me out, oh, you're the one that jumped in that pool. And that's been, you know, almost two years ago. Well, a year and a half ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
when you do interesting, funny things, it has this this staying power, right? Like people remember it for for a long time. I mean, that's that's the problem with most realtors um, advertising, frankly, is that usually it's just so boring that no one no one remembers it, and you can't counteract boring by increasing your ads budget. Like that's a really important insight that I think a lot of agents need to learn is that if your ads are just fundamentally boring, like, you know, like you're not putting any creativity whatsoever um, into your videos or even on ads that aren't videos, even if it's just a photo ad, but you're not really putting creativity into how you write the ad copy, right? Pouring more money into ads doesn't solve that problem because now you're just broadcasting to your whole community how boring you are. Right. So I would, I would way rather have an agent who has maybe a slightly smaller budget than is ideal, but they're willing to be super creative and just have fun in their marketing, you know, and take those emotional risks of doing things that maybe make you nervous. Like, Oh, am I going to look stupid if I jump into this pool or am I maybe having too much fun in my ads, whatever. Right. Do that. And even if you have a slightly smaller budget, it makes you so much more memorable than people who are just throwing money at ad campaigns, whether it's Google pay-per-click, Facebook ads, YouTube, direct mail, whatever, right? There's agents who spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month on ads that don't get the results in terms of their GCI growing that you have gotten, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because to put it into perspective now, your, your, your business has literally doubled every year and is actually on pace to double again. Like you already are on pace to double from the last year that you made over 200,000. But it's even crazier if you compare what you're gonna do this year to what you did your first year, which was like under 50,000. Because really then if you think about it, your business has basically already quintupled. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're not hoping it's going to quintuple in the future. If you look back to what your first year was in Georgia, it's already quintupled. You know, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, most agents would 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 kill for that level of growth, especially because all of this has occurred in a pandemic. Right. So I just have to keep keep bringing us back to that point that like, man, if you've grown your business that much in the middle of all this covid craziness, imagine how things will be going for you a year or two from now. God willing, hopefully the world has gone somewhat back to normalcy, you know, like a year from now. I'm I'm, I'm really hoping that 2022 is kind of the transition year where things, things start to go back to normal, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and if that, if that happens, like I'm really excited for you because your business will grow even more, um, if we can get some more inventory on the market. So I was actually talking to McCall before we, uh, before we did this interview and I was asking her, what are some of the most memorable ads that you've done? And for those listening who, you know, uh, they've heard Beth mention McCall or me mention McCall, uh, McCall is the marketing manager here at Platform that personally works with Beth. So uh, Beth chats with McCall every week and they discuss, you know, strategy and what ads they'll do next and what videos. And so McCall is kind of like the personal marketing manager for uh, for Beth. And so I was asking McCall, what are some of the best ads that, you know, that Beth has done? And she mentioned that you did a listing video fairly early on that got you like a 500K cash buyer. Um, is that the same one or is that a different one you did from the pool video? That is a different one. Okay. So what's, what's the story on that one? Cause that's, um, that's that also, was, <laughs> that's that also quite remarkable. Listing, that was the first listing video that I did. Um, and I borrowed, I borrowed the listing from my broker. Um, and it was okay, a $500,000 so, house. 
So it wasn't actually your listing. No, was not my listing. Okay. I didn't okay. have I didn't have any listings. <laughs> I hadn't I mean I had I hadn't had any listings. My first listing was in um August of 2020 when um I did that pool video. So, um yeah, I borrowed it from her and um I got so much engagement on that. I think for I want to say probably for 2 months after that I kept getting calls. Um, of people that were interested. Um, of course, the house had sold, but I was able to move them in a different direction. So that turned out to be uh, probably probably the biggest impact um, listing-wise, listing video-wise that I've had. And this, of this it was house- was expensive too, so. Yeah, this this house, I mean, what, what was the price point of this house, you said? Uh, it was 500,000. And most of the houses, I mean, most of the houses that I sell- my average um, house is about uh, $230,000, dollars Okay, so this, so so this is like, it, this is, this is yeah, like substantially over the median. Yeah, right. This is like substantially over the median. You're not in, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, New York or California <laughs> where like a five hundred k house is like a teardown. Yeah, no. No, it was fancy. It was yeah. bougie. <laughs> so you you borrowed this listing from your broker mm -hmm. filmed a video. Like I just want to break this down from kind of a strategy perspective because okay. this, this is something that uh, is a, a very common thread amongst success stories of agents that have great success with platform is when they're starting out and they're implementing this platform strategy, a very common thing. I mean, like, especially in the last year, because like listings are basically an endangered species right now <laughs> is that they come to us and they say, Hey, like, I know that filming listing videos is a big part of the platform strategy, but I don't have any listings. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so what do I do? And we always tell them like, no problem. It literally does not matter if you do not have any listings. Cause guess what? Most agents don't have any listings right now. You know, I mean, there, there, there aren't listings. We're in like a once in a lifetime generational low inventory market. Like it's, it's the rule, not the exception right now to not have any listings. Right. So what we tell them is go talk to your broker, go talk to other agents, you know, in your brokerage and see if any of them have listings. And I uh, love the phrase that you use, Beth. You said, can I borrow your listing? And what she <laughs> means by that is like, Hey, it's your listing. I'm not going to claim that it's my listing, but can I go film a video, like a quick video tour promoting your listing, you know, and I'll, I'll mention whatever in the video that it's, you know, this listing is courtesy of fill in the blank who, you know, who's ever listing it is. And it can say in the ad copy that this listing is courtesy of whatever. So you'll give full credit and everything to the actual legal listing agent. It's not as if you're trying to take credit or imply that this listing belongs to Beth, right? Mm -hmm. But you film this video. And it's a video tour because what happens is that anyone watching this video tour, if the if the ad pops up for them on Instagram or on Facebook, they're not going to remember that casual line where you said, hey, this listing is courtesy of Bill Smith or, you know, they're not going to remember that. They're going to remember seeing you in the video. So even though technically it might not be your listing and technically in the ad, it might even say this listing is courtesy of Bill Smith functionally, they're going to remember, uh, I mean, like functionally, they will remember essentially a false memory that this is Beth's listing, <laughs> right? And yeah. you didn't, you didn't mislead anyone. You didn't lie. 
you didn't even imply anything, but like the way the human brain works is that if they see you in the video talking about the house, they will associate that listing with you, right? So it's kind of a way to create your own reality um, even if you don't have listings. And this is also something we always preach that like the reason you do listing videos has nothing to do <laughs> with the fact that you're trying to sell that specific house. And Absolutely. so this is probably this is probably never more true than when you borrow a listing from someone else because you don't really care if it sells because you weren't, you know, it's not your listing anyways, right? But the real reason we do it is because it positions you as being a marketing expert and a listing expert in your community and it'll bring forth uh, both buyers and sellers whose homes are kind of uh, near uh, in in proximity to that price point. Right. So if you film a listing video of a 500K house like you did, it doesn't matter if it's not your listing, because if people in your community start to see you promoting 500K homes and they see this video keep popping up on social media, they'll just start to think, oh, wow, like Beth must really specialize in selling 500K homes or she must really understand the market really well in this price point because look at this creative ad she's doing for this house. And then what happens long term, I mean, you can't just do one, right? If you only do one, no one's going to, you know, associate you with that. They're not going to make those connections. But if you consistently do this over time, you'll cultivate this local reputation that people just think, wow, like if I have a house that's around the 500K price point, I'm going to call Beth because she must really have a handle on that market. She really understands that niche, right? Or if you're thinking about buying a house in the 500K price range, same thing. If they saw that video, they'll probably just call you because they think, wow, she must really understand this market. This is the type of representation I would want if I want to buy a home in this price range. And mm -hmm. it sounds like that's exactly what happened. You actually got phone calls of people that were, what, a, a, a cash buyer who wanted a home mm -hmm. in the 500K range? Yep. And it's it's because they mentioned that they saw that video. That's the reason they called you. Yep. Absolutely. And again, I've said this 10 times, so I'm, I'm going to say it for an 11th time. It wasn't even Beth's listing. No. Nope. Right? So not having listings is not an excuse to implement this platform strategy. Like you borrow listings from whoever and then film videos and the buyers and sellers out there will come to you because you've positioned yourself as, as the expert there. So mm -hmm. that was actually one of your first, your first listing videos, right? Yep. It sure was. So that, that happened towards the end of, of 2020. Um, as you rolled into 2021, what are your, some of your favorite or most like memorable retargeting videos that you've done that, uh, you know, seem to get a response from your sphere? Like, have you, have you done videos above and beyond the pool video we already discussed that, um, that people mentioned to you in real life, oh, I saw such and such a video, I love that. Or maybe it was a photo ad. Like what other ads have you done that you just know resonated with your your fans and your sphere because they actually told you in real life, oh, I saw such and such ad, that was awesome. Yeah, I think probably the one that I got the most um, feedback on was um, God Made a Small Business Owner. Okay. You remember okay. that one? Yeah, yep. and I, um, you know, I promoted local businesses and it, it has, I mean, it's still 
people are still mentioning that to me. So, and that's been, I'm not sure when we filmed that. I think that was in 2020, uh, latter part of 2020, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, yep. Yep. maybe 2021. I can't remember. Um, but that has gotten, uh, it's gotten more views than any of my videos and it has created, um, a lot of talk about supporting small businesses. So I actually have businesses that will reach out to me and want me to do, you know, my monthly marketing update with them. So I, I think it's very important in this community because we're, I mean, 160,000 people, it's pretty small and that encompasses several towns, right? That's the whole County. Um, so it's not just Warner Robins. And I think it just gives people um, a connection. It just makes it feel like a close knit community and people, people are wanting that now. So you've actually had local small businesses reach out to you asking you to do a highlight promoting their business. Like they're actually calling you. You're not calling them. Yes. I've had that happen several times. I've also had um, people call me and ask me if they could be on my, um, my list of uh, vendors. So McCall had me create a list of vendors of local vendors, like for um, inspections, flooring, electrical, that kind of stuff. And I've had vendors reach out to me wanting, wanting to know how they could get on that list. That's awesome. So I know. you've kind of you've you've kind of created your VIP list of vendors where it's like, hey, here's the electrician I trust, or here's some plumbers I recommend, whatever. And because so many people in the community are seeing your ads, you actually have people contacting you saying, Hey, I would love to be on, you know, this list. So like your marketing is almost becoming because I mean that's an ad, right? Like let's let's mm -hmm. call it what it is. That's an ad your marketing is almost becoming a respective uh, or a, a, a respected source of information in the community. Like people look to, you know, Beth Lynn's marketing and they're thinking like, this is really valuable. Yes. I mean, we, we take that for granted sometimes I think at platform cause we so often see ads that do well, but like that's, that's remarkable that someone's Facebook ads or Instagram ads are viewed as an authoritative source of local information. Mm -hmm. Like most realtors, that is not the case, right? If they're making posts on social media, no one is looking at their posts as like, wow, this is a great substantive, you know, source of information. They're just really annoying ads talking about how many homes they sold or what their production was <laughs> or what awards they won or what licenses or designations they have. Or, you know, like most agents marketing is just boring, right? But people are actually contacting you saying, hey, I would love to be featured in your next video or I'd love to be featured in your next ad. I mean, that's that's really cool. That's it is. That's, and that's I really think, cool. I think the shift for me um, is when I realized it's not about selling houses. Um, and I think that's where so many agents um, falter is that they think it's about selling houses and it's not. Um, it's about the community and marketing um, in a way that benefits the community. And I don't, um, I don't talk about my numbers. I don't post uh, anything when I've reached my first million. My two, I, I just don't do that. Um, I, I don't, I don't like to see that from other agents. Um, and I think I focus more on the people. It's more of a, um, of a relational journey for me than it is about selling houses. So I'm building relationships and that in turn um, through my marketing, um, is 
doing what it's doing to my business. I mean, it, this is just, this is amazing. And, you know, I was, I sold real estate. I had four good years before the crash um, in Charleston and, and I was successful there, but I have never, I have never seen anything like this before to where I am doubling. I mean, it's just, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling to me. You've so yeah, yeah. I mean, you've you're you're on pace to have doubled your business three years in a row. Mm-hmm. In 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 a community that you don't have a big sphere or connections in, it's not like you have family ties there going back generations, right? Because sometimes you know there's agents where they're they're still selling houses in the same hometown that they grew up in, and mm-hmm. their parents lived there their whole lives, and married maybe their grandparents lived there their entire lives, so they have like deep family roots and relationships and they know lots of people like, well, that's not you. <laughs> you haven't no. lived in. in <laughs> not at all. Know, but I do feel that way now. I feel like I have a deep connection here in the community now. Um, just, just from the families that I've been able to service and the referrals, um, you know, that they're giving me, I, I had one gentleman from platform that um, we had conversation after conversation. He wasn't quite ready to buy he referred me to his niece who was looking for a house and she wasn't even on platform. And I closed a deal with her. And I mean, it's just, it's just so you can, you just cannot, you can't, uh, you just can't explain it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing that I always think is so cool about once you hit kind of like cruising altitude with, with the platform strategy and you hit that like escape velocity, right, where you've rolled the snowball big enough to where you start to see the actual effects of all that retargeting and staying top of mind for, you know, once you get six months and eventually nine months, then you're 12 months in and a lot of people have been seeing you constantly for a year. And you get to that point where you start actually getting referrals from people who themselves (laughs) have not even yet yet worked with you, right? I know. (laughs) They, They haven't yet used you to buy a house or to sell their house but they're like enthusiastically referring you to their friends or family because your marketing has made them trust you that much. And I think that's a really important thing to point out is that, you know, 99% of the time when a referral happens, that referral is based on the actual real life psychological experience of working with, you know, someone like Beth. And because they have a good experience, they're willing to spend some of their social capital referring you to a friend because they're basing that off of, well, I already personally worked with Beth and she was great. So I feel comfortable referring her to my brother or sister or coworker or a person I know from church or another parent at my kid's school or whatever it is, right? They're willing to refer you because they've worked with you so they can like vouch for you, right? So that really shows how powerful and how, uh, how effective your marketing campaigns have been over the last couple of years mm-hmm. that they're getting people emotionally and psychologically to the same place where they're willing to refer people to you even though they've never even met you or worked with you. Mm-hmm. Like your marketing is getting them to that same place where psychologically they trust you that much before they've even ever worked with you that they're referring people to you. That's yep. really, really cool. So what's what's fueling all this, right? Like how much are you actually spending, Beth, every month on ads? And like I don't need a specific 
number, but are you spending $500 a month on the ads budget? Is it $1,000 a month? Is it $2,000 a month? Like what are you somewhat averaging on a given month in terms of your actual advertising spend? Um, well, I decided in August to double my ad spend. Um, and I think that's what, uh, that is one reason why I finished so strong in 2021, um, was because I decided to do that. And I think I'm about 1800, 16 to 1800, um, a month. And then I decided to, um, start backing all of my listing videos with a $500 budget. So every listing video is getting an extra 500 buck ad spend thrown to it. And that, that's awesome. And that's, that's typically on top of the normal baseline. Yes. Yeah. So, so this is, this is actually really interesting to me because a lot of agents, I mean, even agents in, in platform, right. They're probably spending 800 to a thousand dollars a month on their ad spend. And that's, that's already quite impressive relative to the average agent in the United States, right? Cause the average agent spends maybe a couple hundred dollars a month on marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if they're spending much at all. And so you have, you know, you have gone even beyond that to a more ambitious number where not only are you investing every month in, you know, in the platform marketing fee, you know, to, to, to hire us to manage a lot of this stuff for you. So you're, you're, you're paying us every month on top of that, you're investing, you said 1600 to 18 to 1800 some months on ads. And then anytime you get a listing, it's an additional $500 on top of that. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you had a month, let's say where you had three listings, you know, you're spending $1,500 on those three listings and another 1500 on ads. So in that month, you probably spent $3,000 on ads. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's more $3,000 in that month that you spent on advertising. That's more than most agents spend in an entire year. And so this is something really important that I want to spend spend a couple minutes exploring is that Beth's business hasn't blown up just because of how amazing of a person Beth is or how great of a realtor she is, <laughs> or frankly, frankly, even because of how good the platform strategy is, right? A lot of it has to do with your courage in investing in more ads because you probably would not have doubled your business three years in a row if you were only spending, let's say, five or six hundred dollars a month on ads. Right. I think I started I mean, out doing about seven hundred, seven or eight hundred, something like that. But and I eventually just, you, know. you increased it. I mean, most most agents, I think I mean probably the average of platform is they're probably spending, I'd say seven, eight hundred. That's probably the average. Mm -hmm. And yet you're spending more than double that. Some months even triple that. So that's not a random coincidence. That's really the point I'm making is that, you know, you're, you're obviously a great agent. You've been, you know, licensed as an agent as far back as like, you know, you said 2003, was that the first year you four. got into four? 2004. Uh, 2004 was the first. So you've been, uh, you have years and years, right, of real estate and selling experience. So you obviously know what you're doing as an agent, but there's also a lot of agents that have been selling ho homes for 20 years that aren't making the amount of money you're making. So there's really not 
a long-term relationship between, oh, the longer you stay in the business, the more money you'll make. Like that's not necessarily true, right? Mm -mm. There's a lot of agents who have been doing it a long time that aren't making a lot of money, but they're really great agents. They're really experienced. They have lots of wisdom. Like they truly do know what they're doing and they give their clients good service. But growing your business is more a function of how courageously you're willing to invest in your advertising budget than it is how many years you've been in the business. Absolutely. And I've started, I just started the $500 ad spend toward my listings this month. Um, so this is going to be new for 2022. And it was one of the things that um, I wanted to implement to get me to my goal for 2022. Cause I have a quite, quite an ambitious goal for 2022. Yeah. So, and I know the more that I, the more that I put behind my marketing, um, the more money I'm going to make. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is that simple, right? And especially in, especially in this low inventory market that we're in, like what you want is to build your business on the foundation of listings, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want like a ton of buyers in, in a market like the one we're in, cause that's not scalable, right? Like if you're, oh. if you're working with a bunch of buyers right now, you might work 80 hours a week and still struggle to make decent money because they might have to submit four or five, six offers before mm -hmm. one gets accepted, right? Maybe more. It's exhausting. Right? It's exhausting. So you have to have a very healthy percentage of your business be listings right now in this current market we're in um, if you're going to grow your business because you just can't grow your business with buyers like you, know, like you normally could in other years. Like in a normal year, it's totally fine if 80% of your business is buyers and 20% is listings because- you know, you're not spending that much time. But right now, if 80% or 90% of your business are buyers and you're only getting the occasional listing here and there, you're going to really struggle to make money because you're spending way more time and energy with those buyers than you are with the listing. So uh, one reason I'm really excited for you, Beth, in, um, in 2022 here is that as you start investing $500 into every listing video campaign, you know, if we see CPMs in your area are probably around like 10 bucks or so. So every $10 you spend on on your platform marketing campaigns, a thousand people are probably seeing that video. Mm -hmm. That means every time you get a listing, you can pretty much mathematically guarantee 50,000 people are going to see it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, obviously, if you're doing <laughs> that every time you get a listing, what's going to happen is that you will very quickly create this reputation of I'm a listing expert. If you want your listing to get a bunch of exposure, you better call me, right? So doing listing videos and having them get that much exposure over time is a pretty surefire way to make sure that you're getting listing leads contacting you versus just buyer leads, right? Absolutely. Like actual, actual listing leads, not just buyers. And that's yeah. a very, very important distinction, especially, you know, in the last couple of years. Yeah. And I think my strategy, so for 2021, I probably was at, at about 35 to 40% were listings, 60% um, buyers, and I need that to flip. So the strategy is to throw um, as much money as I can behind my listings so that I can, uh, you know, make that shift. Get get more listings. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and 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 already like let's be fair here. If, if you did over 200,000 in GCI last year mm -hmm. and 30 to 40% of that was listings, mm -hmm. 
that's already really impressive relative to the average agent because most agents are dealing with like, you know, 90% buyers and 10% listings. Like if you ask the average agent in the United States, hey, let's say you did, you know, 20 transactions last year, like probably two of them were listings and 18 were buyers, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're already at nearly 40%, that's already really good, but you can you know, obviously grow your business even more. Like you said, if you can flip that and let's say maybe 60% are listings and 40% are, uh, are buyers because the more listings you get, obviously also the more buyers you're going to get because listings right. attract more, uh, right. more buyers. So I want to change topic a little bit, Beth, um, and talk about the, the sense of community that you've experienced in, in the platform. Cause I know that you've been to a couple of our masterminds now, like the live events that we do every year where all of the platform gets, gets together. What has that meant for you in your real estate journey? Because I know that, uh, you know, moving to a new area, you know, um, when you PCS, you know, your, uh, your husband, um, was in the air force, you move around, you don't always have a deep sense of community everywhere you go because you're, you're moving, right? Mm-hmm. What has the platform community meant to you in the last couple of years of just like meeting agents and getting to talk with them about, I guess, business and marketing, but knowing that they're not necessarily competition to you. It's, it is absolutely the best thing ever. And I have made so many close relationships with, with other folks that are in platform. Uh, we look forward to going to the meetings, um, to collaborating with people. We're exchanging ideas, you know, what's working for us, what's not. We're always talking. Um, and I love how we support each other. So when you, when I do a listing video or any kind of video, you'll see comments from other platform uh, people. So people are, are watching and supporting. And I think it's, it's just priceless because you don't get that um, working with real estate agents in your uh in your zone or in your area. I mean, you might be close to some of them, but um, you don't share, right? I don't share with them what my strategies are and that kind of stuff. And so I'm able to collaborate with agents across the country. Some of them are in similar markets like mine and some of them are not, but I'm able to connect with them, talk about what's working, what's not. Um, And then just being, uh, whenever we go to a mastermind and just, Um, reconnecting with people. It's like family. I mean, you guys are like family now. I think we've been to three masterminds. We've been to one flyover and those are just absolutely um, essential that we go to them. Like we will not miss one unless, you know, something's wrong. We will be there because it means that much to us, to both Paige and I, which by the way, he has uh, now licensed. I don't know if you knew that. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yep. So he is joining, he's joining the team. Um, he's not quite ready to retire from his uh, job yet, but he is going to be helping. So that's um, awesome. I'm looking forward to that in 2022 too. So yeah, I, y'all are just special people. Everybody is. I, uh, I love the impact that getting together in person can have, right? Because Mm -hmm. like if you, uh, I don't know if you've, if you've built your business, by buying a bunch of realtor.com leads or buying a bunch of Zillow leads or whatever, you know, there's not really any sense of encouragement or, or any sense of community where it's like, you don't know anyone at Zillow or realtor.com. These are just like numbers to you. It's just like blind statistics when those leads come Mm -hmm. in. Right. With, with the platform, 
there, there really is this sense of community where you meet people and you see them every year at our live mastermind event and you are getting to know them. And if you know someone who's moving to their community, like you can refer that person because you actually know someone there. And one thing that I think is really underrated with, with platform that I think is probably attributable to a lot of the success our agents have is that you've, you've worked with McCall now for, you know, a while, right? She has been, she has been your marketing manager platform. And unlike basically any other professional services company, you actually have gotten to know her in real life. Like you've met her now multiple times, right? Yes. So she's the one kind of behind the scenes who's dialing in your ad campaigns and setting things up. And she's the one kind of, you know, managing all of your marketing strategy behind the scenes, you know, all your Facebook ads, Instagram ads, the video campaigns, all that. And she's talking with you every week, but you've, you've actually met her in real life and hung out and gone out to dinner and things like that multiple times because of these annual mastermind events that we do. Mm -hmm. So you actually feel like you know her, right? Like when you call her for your weekly strategy call, it's, it's like you're calling a friend, someone you actually know, versus agents who, you know, their entire business was built on Zillow. It's like, well, they don't, they don't know anyone at Zillow, right? They can't call mm -hmm. someone at Zillow for advice on strategy or advice on how should I film this video or, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a very cold relationship relative to what agents have with the platform strategy. So I think, I think that's really cool. Cause you know, every time I've talked to McCall, she says like, Oh, I just love working with Beth, you know, and it, it, it's <laughs> yeah. cool when it's, it's cool when it's such like a win-win relationship like that because you're actually getting to know um, people. I mean, that's the foundation of a long-term, you know, partnership. I know that's a super cheesy term to call it a partnership, right? But like, that's what it feels like it is, right? It is. And I think it goes beyond that because we are now um, connected on a personal level. Like, I think it's important um, with any account manager that they understand like your personal life because that... A lot of that affects um, my videoing or what I'm capable of producing quickly or why it's taking me longer. And so we have gotten into the personal, you know, we spend the first 10 minutes catching up. I mean, laughing and, you know, catching up with each other, what's going on in each other's lives. And so I think that brings a personal touch to it that is uh, just undeniable. You can't yeah, uh, get that. You can't reproduce that. Um, and it's nice to know that she's in my corner if I'm having difficult times you know, she's there for support and the same on her end um, for me, I'm supporting her. So it's been a great relationship and I absolutely adore her. That's awesome. That's uh, that's super cool to hear. I'll have to make sure that McCall listens to this episode because I definitely want her to hear that. Um, she knows, well, I tell her all the time. <laughs> so the the uh, the last question, uh, Beth, I, that I often like, like asking on these uh, podcast episodes is, if you were if you were talking with an agent who was either considering signing up for platform but they just they were scared because it's too expensive because you know the platform marketing program is expensive right it's not a cheap thing that you can do for you know 200 bucks a month right it's a it's a major investment for most agents and the the, the cost of our marketing program to do it right is probably going to be more than your own mortgage right so it's probably going to be the biggest mm -hmm. expense in your in your life, but we think that's backed up by all the results we get people where we <laughs> very often are adding 100K or even $200,000 to a realtor's 
annual GCI, but it's, it's not cheap to get started, right? So it's a, it's a scary investment to make, especially if your business isn't already super successful. So what would you tell someone who is interested in platform, but they're scared to pull the trigger or someone who has recently hired platform and they've recently started the journey of launching the platform marketing strategy in their market, but they're only a couple months in and they haven't yet seen all those closings come in because they're still kind of building that retargeting list and they're they're starting to roll the snowball, but they haven't yet seen the results. What would you tell that person to to encourage them? I think probably the most important thing is just the commitment. Like you just have to commit and you have to let the time roll by. Uh, it's, it may happen quickly for you. It may not. I mean, it could be a year. I feel like, um, it's been a, it's been, um, a year and a half for me, a little over a year and a half for me. And I have, I think the, the shift was probably at the year mark where people started calling me instead of me having to work so frantically, you know, to try and keep the relationships going, I started having phone calls coming in. And that's when I realized I, I had made the shift. So I had been hanging on and believing for so long. And I think that's what you have to do. You just have to make a commitment that you're going to stick to it and you're going to see it through until the snowball is big enough, right? Where you're getting phone calls and people are starting to recognize you out in the community um, you know, oh, you're that girl on Facebook. Once that starts happening, you know, the financial um, benefit is is coming. And so it's just commitment. You have to commit and you can't waver on your belief in in the system. Like I never once doubted platform. I never once thought I'm not going to do this or I'm going to cancel or I'm going to quit. I never, never, ever, ever let those thoughts come into my mind. I just stay committed um, stayed positive, believed in the process, believed in my account manager, did what she told me to do. Um, and this is where I am today. And so I think that's probably the most important thing that I would tell them. And then I would share my numbers with them to give them hope that the same thing is possible for them. That's a, that's a pretty good spot to, uh, to, to, to end the interview, you know, with the context, I'll, I'll repeat this one more time that, the year before Beth started the platform strategy, her GCI was less than fifty thousand dollars, and this year it's probably going to be closer to four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, my goal GCI. is five hundred. My goal yeah, is five hundred. And you're actually on pace for that right now. So yeah. it's not like this crazy stretch goal that you're thinking you won't actually hit. You're actually on pace for that right now, going from fifty thousand GCI to nearly five hundred thousand mm-hmm. in in GCI. So Beth, thank you for taking time to uh, chat with me. This was an awesome, uh, an awesome interview. And, and honestly, I didn't even know your business was at that point before we scheduled this, this, uh, <laughs> this podcast episode. So like I'm learning now how much actually to what extent your business has really grown. So that's, that's incredible. So uh, Beth, would you mind sharing your cell phone number for all the people listening to this? If they want to text you with any questions or call you about, you know, advice on marketing or business, would you mind sharing your cell phone number? No, sure. It's 478-550-5678. Cool. Cool. So if someone wants to get in touch with, 
with Beth and just ask her about her, you know, her marketing strategy or what she's doing that's working. There you go. There's her cell phone number. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, Beth, again, thank you for your time. And I'm super excited to see uh, you crush it in 2022 and beyond and hit that goal of 500,000 in GCI. Me too. Thank you so much, Tim.